Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. I'm your host, Susan Lyles. Public libraries in Mississippi are more than just a repository of books. They are community centers offering residents of our rural state a variety of needed services. We will take you across Mississippi visiting public libraries to learn about their beginnings, how they serve their communities, and what's on the horizon. So stay tuned. Today we're in Belzona, Mississippi, in the heart of the Mississippi Delta. And with us today is Sydney Cobb, who's the director of the Humphreys County Library System. Welcome, Sydney. Glad to be here. Thanks. We're glad to have you, and we're going to talk to you today about the library and also about the community. First, let's talk about how your library got its start. Um, in 1964, the library was established, and it was in a building downtown. Since then, it's been moved to the building we're in now. That was built in 1975 with funds from the county board of supervisors in the state, and we've been here ever since. The community has been around a lot longer than the library, I guess. Well, it actually goes back quite a bit further. Possibly 20,000 years ago, we had um, some Native Americans, prehistoric Native Americans here that built the mounds, which we have them all over the state and all over the country, but we have a set of mounds here that are uh, really important. They go through several of the prehistoric eras, uh, archaic through the Mississippian era, and uh, actually we have some archaeologists here doing some site uh, evaluation and digs right now that come to the library uh, and sit in the corner, use their Wi-Fi and do some research, maybe make some prints. Oh my gosh. So it goes that back is... a little further than, eight, than 18, <laughs> wow. 16. That is fascinating. It really, it really is. So what Indians, what? They didn't have a named tribe. All our five named tribes, such as Choctaw, Cherokee, and so forth, are uh, possibly descendants of those tribes, but they, they don't actually have names. Uh, Adena is one of the cultures, um, and um, <clears throat> also, um, the Mississippian era, that's not a, not a name of the um, Native Americans, it's the name of the time period. But uh, so our state got a time period named after it. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's where the name of our state came from? Well, uh, of course, the river was what the um, Native Americans had the name for the river Mississippi, and then everything else kind of stemmed from there. So. Well, so what did they know about this group of Indians that... We, we know that, um, and, and they're learning new things all the time, so what they thought before may change depending on what they found, but um, they were thought to be uh, hunter-gatherers, but they, they think that they weren't uh, nomadic. They actually set up towns, and uh, of course they may have to move depending on conditions. The river, especially here, used to be, you know, flooding like we have now, but the levee system wasn't there, so. So archaeologists are coming into the library now. Yeah, um, the, uh, I met them a few weeks ago when they first came in. Uh, I can't remember how I ended up getting into what they were doing here, but they were from St. Louis, which the Cahokia um, village is a huge, it's like the largest Mississippian culture village that they found, and it's in Missouri, close to where they, they live. And the Indians are really closely related to the ones we had here. So they were here doing some research at, at 
Jake Town, and um, which is the name of our mound. Well, do you have a good collection of that sort of information here in the library? We do. As a matter of fact, um, MLC uh, helped us get some more books, and one of the books is an archaeological book about the Mississippian culture and the Cahokia Indians especially, so that's fairly new. Do you have a lot of members of the community who are interested in, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, we, we do. Um, I know a lot of people that go and find artifacts. They'll just go after the fields have been cleared and look around and see what they can get. So Belzona, where we are today, right. is the county seat then, of Humph Humphreys County. I mean, you're kind of like the community center, aren't you? We are. We're a, we're a hub. Everybody from uh, the poorest to the richest use the library. Um, many people come to the library that don't have access to computers or internet to, to do things like search for jobs. We've had people that uh, they get their high school diploma using our pers uh, public access computers. They, um, I, I've had several patrons come in that are working on college courses. So uh, I think that's really important. Well, so how do you answer the question when people say, why do we need libraries anymore when we have Amazon? You know, you see it every day, well, the reason. I, I saw this once. It, it said, why, what, asking why you need a librarian when you have the Internet is like asking why do you need a math teacher when you have a calculator. So that is a perfect analogy. And I just tell them to come down and see us and they'll find out too. Right. Yeah. What are the jobs that are is it fast food? Is it farming? Some of that. Still we still have quite a bit of farming. Um your regular services that people need everywhere, banks and things like that, um restaurants, like you said, even fast food, uh convenience stores. And they're um, probably highly competitive. Oh, they are. I they would are. think. They are. Yeah. Because if you have 2,000 people in this community, um, you know, and say a quarter or a third of them are looking for work. Yeah, um, that's probably about right. Mm -hmm. that's, that's challenging. Yeah, we've got a third that are probably... Uh, on benefits and things like that. Of course, they're probably, they're also looking for work, but, you know, don't have it, so they have to have something to, you know, supplement where their income's not there. And then we have another third, I would say, that are retired. Um, and, and so that causes some problems with funding right. because you've got a third that actually, actually are paying land taxes and our county gets mm -hmm. their funds to give us from that so uh, it causes so a problem that's sometimes. where your funding comes from we our town our county and also we get some some state funds through us right yeah yeah and you know that's the setup for most libraries in mississippi and it's i'm sure tough to handle that uh, you know, your budget is probably right. difficult at times to uh, prepare for and understand how much money you're going to have for the coming. That's probably the most difficult part of, yeah. of a library. We just have to be really creative and um, seek out any partnerships we can get that, that, that won't cost us money. Right. Uh, for instance, the Mississippi State University Extension comes in and does 
um, some computer courses and smartphone classes for us. They don't charge us anything. We can help our patrons learn some skills they don't have. Tell us about your summer reading program. Well, of this course, year. this year it's a universe of stories, so I'm just a big kid, really. So I, <laughs> I was really happy to see that. Um, I, I'm really interested in science and space. Um, we're going to learn about black holes in the 50th Apollo mission anniversary is this year. This past week we learned about our solar system and the Milky Way galaxy, so we started out kind of locally, if you could call that local. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands and millions of miles, but um, so every, everybody enjoyed it. So anyone can come in, participate in a program if it's going on. Right. Uh, use the public access computers. That's right. What about like movies and? Well, we have DVDs they can check out mm -hmm. uh, and take. They can take those for three days, and um, we're about to update the collection um, here in a few more weeks. Uh, we had some funds that MLC is going to provide through the LSTA grant, uh, so we're going to update the DVDs with that. If you were to find yourself with some additional funds. What would be something that you would want to do? Update our collections um, to keep them as close to current with mm -hmm. new material as we could, more than likely. 3D printer would be nice, yeah. but I think I might be just getting that because I'm like... You want to play yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so interesting to see now that we have uh, our special collection that we loan out to you guys. All these makerspace things and little bits and... Yeah, with Charlie. Yes, Charlie Simpkins. He has the best job. He does. He gets, he gets to, to play, play with, with all toys. that stuff. <laughs> all day long. Isn't that fun? Um, so let's get back to the community. I'm really interested. Okay. I did a little research and apparently this used to be known as Greasy Row. Greasy Row. Um, actually, you didn't see this yet. I was hiding it from you. <laughs> this is a book that was writ written by um, a local woman. Um, it's called From Greasy Row to Catfish Capital. And it goes through the history of the prehistoric mound builders that I was telling you about through uh, pretty much, you could call it modern day now, when, when we actually in 1976 were declared the catfish capital of the world. And we started our first catfish festival, which still goes on every year in April. They decided that uh, Greasy Row wasn't a good name for a town, especially, you know, marketing and things like that. They were even thinking thinking about that back then so they wanted to come up with the name for the town and from what I understand to be the history of it now I'm not going to tell you this is absolutely true but we're going to just take it as it's true <laughs> uh, there was a plate that was given to someone in the community and the name on the back of the plate was Giovanni Belzoni which of course we pronounce it Belzona now and I believe he, Giovanni Belzoni, gave the plate to, to the person in town, and when they looked at it, they, they used that for the name of our town. Now, what year would this have been? Oh, 18-something, uh, maybe. I'm not exactly sure right offhand. But uh, around the time when Belzona was being established, it was probably after it was established, and then they wanted to change the name uh, from Greasy Road to Belzona. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, we had some patrons come in. They were in Mississippi going from Memphis to New Orleans, and they live in Padua, Italy, which is where Belzona was from. And they came through Belzona, stopped in the library because uh, they just wanted to see the town he was named after. And we talked to them and sent them to get some catfish to eat before they headed down. And uh, they checked back in a couple weeks later and said it was interesting to come by and thanks for the hospitality so what a great story pretty amazing yep so that was going to be one of my questions is you know how far did the furthest visitor so you had people from Italy come in yep yep and I'm not sure if there's probably been people further than that but this was pretty recently this was maybe the end of last year last fall or winter that is that's something yeah so um what about the catfish? Where did that come? Well, we the reason we were um, named Catfish Capital is because of the amount of ponds and production we had in this county at one time, which unfortunately is not as prevalent as it was. Many of those ponds have been turned back into row crop farms or they're using them for um, crop restoration program and wetland programs to, to duck hunt and turn back into forest, which is good for the environment, just not the economy so much. Right. So that probably was a huge boost to Belzona. It, it was. I, was I actually was a was a farmer and have done everything from robbing eggs from the fish to take to the hatchery, worked in the hatchery production at catfish plants, and uh, been a catfish farmer too. So, so you're originally from here? I am. I am. <gasps> I moved great. to North Carolina for about 15 years and came back a few years ago. And, uh, Luckily, this job opened up. We needed someone here from the county that cares about the community. So um, it was a beneficial for me and, and our county too right. to be to be able to do this. It was a win-win. It was. So you've been back here a couple of years. I have. That's great. Well, welcome back home. It's Sydney. good to be home. <laughs> I, I missed it the whole time I was gone, but I enjoyed where I was. So. I know. I did the same thing. I moved away to Memphis for about 15 years, and I just couldn't wait to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something about this state that gets in your blood. Uh, another thing that I read about that's interesting is this is really uh, a birthplace of blues. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's I'm a musician actually, and being from here, blues was something I really got a love of when I was probably in my early teens. So it's probably one of my, um, I guess you'd say most prevalent genres that I play, even though I dabble in a lot of genres, that's something that I've always wanted to promote. So we have um, several people that were from around this area. Um, Pine Top Perkins is from Belzona, and he played with Muddy Waters. He's a, a piano player. Uh, he and Otis Spann, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Otis Spann lived here for a little while too, but Pine Top is our resident big name blues music, musician. There's another person from here, uh, Elmore James. Well, Elmore James did live here for a while, and he's considered king of the slide guitar. So the slide is either a piece of metal or a bottle that you put on your finger and slide across the guitar, and it's a blues style. Of course, it it's in country music and rock and roll too, but that's mainly where it originated. Was uh, right yeah. here mm -hmm. in this county. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, there's also, you have a Freedom Trail marker right. in this county. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. George Lee is an important pioneer in uh, civil rights movement here from Belzona. As a matter of fact, we had um, some people came from New York. It's a, a history professor in New York was here a few weeks ago, and they were doing research on a book. And they came in, <clears throat> used the library, looked through our vertical files, and asked questions. And so we kind of helped guide them to look where they needed to look in our special collections, uh, which has a lot of history on the county uh, well, see, this is how, to me, that libraries fit in to the overall um, economic development of these small counties. Because right. anybody who wants information, who comes in, because of your rich history, they're going to come to the library and find out you know, the information that they need to know, that they're researching. So you play a huge part in, you know, information. That's right. If somebody calls the courthouse, they refer them to us. And, you know, we try to find out whatever we can for them as far as what questions they have. If we don't know, we'll try to find somebody that does for them. Tell our listeners, do you do any community outreach? Actually, not too long ago, we decided uh, our, our local jail is just pretty much next door between us and our courthouse. And we decided we would use our paperback swap service that we have here. I'll explain what that is really quickly. We have paperbacks that aren't in our um, aren't in our collection, so they don't have to be scanned in and out. We just basically count them as circulation as they go in and out. So several patrons come in, they get their westerns, five or ten of them, take them with them. When they get done reading them, they bring them and swap them out for five, ten more. So we decided we'd put a shelf in the jail so the inmates would have something to read during their downtime. So uh, that's gone over pretty well. We've got several of them. We swap those out every three or four weeks. We'll take the books that are over there and give them some more. We've got a ton of paperback books. So if something happens, damage or anything, we don't have to worry about replacing them because they're not in our inventory. And we're doing the same situation with the nursing home here. And I'm also trying to partner with the nursing home and uh, Mary Rogers uh, for our talking book program. Um, I've spoken to her several times and already got the institute um, form for them to use the nursing home here and get some of their uh, patients. The mailing service? Well, it would be the talking book service with the with the reader and the digital the, readers. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. That's fascinating. Yep. And and you know that's a free service that uh, of course uh, is a federal program. Right. That uh, we are one of the libraries that um, supports that that work. And um, so that's another thing we wish more people would take advantage of, especially in a nursing home setting right. where someone can, can't actually hold a book or they can't read, you know, see, they're visually impaired. Um, so anyway, I'm glad to hear you're doing that. Yeah, I think it's an important thing. I don't believe enough people know about it, so we try to promote it as much as we can just to let people know that it's there for people with um developmental disabilities as well as visually impaired. Well, it, you're doing such great work here, Sydney. Um, we're just so thankful to have 
a library professional like you um, here at this lovely little community at library and um, is there anything else that you want to to share with us? You grilled me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't too too difficult. <laughs> it wasn't. I did a little homework before you got here just to just to be sure I wouldn't Good. get lost. I would like to say one quick thing before before oh, sure. I go. Absolutely. Um, just to let people know how important the Mississippi Library Commission is with our consultants, the meetings we have that they give us uh, tons of information. All the directors around the state are really helpful. I would not be able to do anything that I've done without without all that. So um, I just want to say thank you. I let everybody know there, but I want the people that are listening to this to, to understand that too, that the Mississippi Library Commission is a, a huge part of all our libraries here in the state. So Good. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll be back with a patron. We are now joined by a resident of Belzona and a patron of the library, Mr. Lawrence Luton. Thank you so much. It's, it's good to be here. Well, good, and we're glad to have you with us. And I understand that you grew up here in Belzona? Yes, ma'am. 27 years. So I guess you're a longtime patron of the library. Yes, ma'am. Um, they know me pretty well. So you obviously come in a good bit. Yes, ma'am, almost every day. Really? Okay, well, what do you do when you come? Well, sometimes I look for a book I want to read. I'm really interested in mythology and different cultures, so I'll pick up books about that. Um, probably look for different jobs. Actually, I got my first job thanks to them. Um, I was working at a local Double Quick here, but I wouldn't have been able to get the job if it, if it wasn't for their hospitality and allowing me to be able to fill out the applications here. How else does the library help you? Whether it's applying for jobs, applying for schools, or, a simple as, or something as simple as enlightening yourself with a book, it does all of that and I feel like it satisfies the needs of so many people here. A community is not complete unless you have, you know, a public service like this because, like you said, it is invaluable and it opens so many doors for so many people. Thank you for talking with us today and best of luck to you. Hey, I'm Tracy Carr, Library Services Director here at the Library Commission. In the interview, you may have heard Sydney mention that Belzona was once called Greasy Row. While that is a heck of a name, Belzona probably has more staying power. Humphreys County has had some other wonderful place names, some of which are now extinct. There's Four Mile, located five miles north of Belzona. There's Hard Cash, named for a plantation that the owner paid, you guessed it, hard cash for. W.H. Reed owned some land that came to be known as Louise, named for his daughter. And what could be more romantic than Honey Island, Midnight, and Romeo? Interested in the history of Humphreys County? Contact the Library Commission's reference desk at 1-877-QUICK-REF, that's K-W-I-K-R-E-F, to learn more about this or anything else. We have a staff at the ready from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, to answer your questions. Thanks for tuning in to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We encourage you to visit your public library often.